This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Everyone say double. Double. Double, thank you. Double. Now this is a series about us being able to live up to all that God has for us. We don't want to be the kind of people that live way below our potential. We don't want to be the kind of people that only have a a kind of a a small sort of insight into the greatness of God. We need to come alive and understand that God loves each one of us so incredible, incredibly, so so much that He wants to pour more and more of his blessing into our lives. He wants to pour more and more of an understanding of who he is. The Bible says that God is the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. What does that mean? It doesn't mean he rewards us with with stuff. It means that the reward is him. And he rewards us with more of himself and a greater knowledge of who he is when we seek him. So I want us to get an appetite and and a hunger for more of God. I want us to get a bigger understanding of who God is. And so double is that so that you can live up to your full potential. Double is not about second rate, second best, second class. Double's about all that God has for you. And if you weren't here last week and haven't had charm, chance to listen to the podcast, please tune into that this week, if you possibly can, to catch up with what I believe God is saying, because I believe that this is a prophetic series. It's a statement of faith to say that what God is going to do amongst us, what God is starting to do amongst us, and what God is going to do. This church is nowhere near living up to its full potential. I'm not We're not collectively, but together there's so much that we can enter into. I absolutely, totally am convinced of that. Double is normal. Double is everything God has for us. Elisha, when he was wanting to succeed, Elijah said this in uh, 2 Kings 2 verse 9. We read it last week. Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. So there was a desire in Elisha for more of God. And I believe, in my, and it's my experience in following Jesus for many, many years, I believe that dependent on our desire for God is how much we receive of God. We've got to have that appetite, that desire for more and more in God. And God rewards us, that, he rewards that appetite with more of himself. God is giving us greater space to grow into. Yes, our new building. Yes, tonight across at Clitheroe, that's another opportunity for us to grow into these areas and into these communities. Yesterday afternoon, Trish and I went to Clitheroe with with a specific purpose, not for shopping, but we we walked around the streets, did a couple of circles of the town, went up to the castle, nearly got our heads blown off in the process, but went up to the castle and looking across the town, we're praying for the town of Clitheroe. We're praying for the Ribble Valley because we're actually daft enough to believe that God cares about these places that these places are on the 
heart of God, and God's heart is for people in Ribble Valley. God's heart is for people across East Lancashire, Pakistan, and so on. And, and my heart's been heavy this week about the people in Crimea because of the many visits I've made there, and, and the situation. I've, I've st- spoken to some of the leaders across there, and it's, it's even worse than it appears on TV. And, and so, but God cares about these situations. God really, really cares about these situations. So I'm believing God's, God's said, yes, Jeff, if you're going for double, I put my name down for some of that. God's up for it. God's always up for it. It's us that we need to be up for it as well. We need to have that desire. We need to have that passion for God, that zeal for the things of God, that desire for the heart of God, that desire for people and, and to care about people and to reach out to people. Double, double, double. The only thing I can drink at the moment is a double espresso. It's double. Everywhere I look, it's double. I went out shopping for some sellotape and came back with double-sided tape. My favorite mode of transport is a double-decker bus. Who can guess what my favorite chocolate bar is? (laughs) Correct. Double-decker. Double. Because this is a faith statement. And I'm believing for more of God. And when I say I'm believing for more of God, please don't think that this series is about a prosperity, a financial. This isn't, you've totally missed the point. I'm talking about more of God. I'm talking about double share of God's Spirit. I'm talking about actually entering into my inheritance. And you know, like our previous series was joy. And when you preach about joy and teach about joy and and absorb some of this stuff about joy, what then happens is a lot of things come along to try and rob you of that joy. I was expecting them. And when we talk about double, sometimes things seem to contract, not expand. But we stay in faith and belief for more of God. So however many uh, years I've got left on planet Earth, I say, God, I want to live a double, double for you. I don't want to live a double life in the respect of one thing to one person and something to another. I want to be a man of integrity that, that my yes is yes and I live for God and there's no question, there's no gray areas in that respect. But as far as the things of God is concerned, I want to live double for God. And I want to encourage you to believe for double. Let's faith rise. Double is twice as much. Double is more than enough. Double is an incredible release of the, of the riches of heaven into our lap in my relationship with God. The reward is Him, not things. So today, we're going for double. So here's a coincidence, right? We've got double services. We've got one tonight at five o'clock. Now, if you can get there, please be there. If you can't, you can't. But if you possibly can, be there and support the team a big proportion of the team will be there all afternoon. They'll go pretty much straight there preparing for tonight. So they're putting a massive investment into that. So I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. And if you can do that, be there. If you can bring somebody, bring them along and pray that God's going to do something amazing amongst us. So this is a faith step. We are believing for double. We're believing for increase. We're believing for more of God in our lives. We're believing for broken people to be filled with Jesus. We're believing for people to be rescued who have no hope. We're believing for empty people to be filled. We're believing for broken people to be made whole. We're just believing for double, more and more of the things of God. And I'm preaching myself happy and I'm hoping you're following me. 
Because I'm believing for double. It's what God has promised us. The fullness of God is for every person. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, double is for you. That's your rightful inheritance as a child of the king. Here's Elisha saying to Elijah, I want to be your successor. I want to be like the firstborn. Well, as far as God's concerned, he doesn't have any second-class kids. We're all there. We can all receive the goodness from God. So that's the story of Elijah. And we're going to pick up over the next few weeks in this series double some of the miracles that were performed by the power of God through this man, Elisha. And I want us to kind of, kind of think about that because I guess what Elisha did with what, gave, with what God gave him is the story of his life. But I actually, when you come to think about it, what I do with what God gives me is a story of my life. The statistics are my date of birth and the date when I, I, I leave this earth. I don't obviously know what that day will be. But in the middle, it's the story of what I've done with what God's given to me. I'm not responsible for what I haven't got, but I am responsible for what I have got. So if we all take responsibility to live up to everything God's given us, that's the story of our lives. So let's have a look what Elisha did with the double he received from God. So we're going to turn to 2 Kings and uh, chapter 4, and we'll read a few verses there. Some of you will be very familiar with this story, some perhaps not so much. So 2 Kings uh, 4, verse 1, from verse 1. One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how we feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting aside each one aside when it is filled. So he did as she was so she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. So he is a very... Here is a very tragic story. We can only even begin to imagine how this widow must have felt. She's got two sons who were dependent on on her. A husband who'd been one of the prophets and had served God was dead. He had debts, and because of the debts that the guy had, he obviously wasn't able to work because he, 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 he wasn't around. He wasn't be able to provide for his family. So the guy that he owed the money to was coming along, and in that culture, he was able to take her two sons and put them into slavery. That's the most desperate situation we could possibly even imagine. A terrible situation. 
But the man of God came along with a solution. Now, I just want to say, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, this week, and he was saying, there's no need in this world why anybody in the United Kingdom should ever need a food bank or go hungry. There's no need that any... And I said, well, you come with me and tell that the people have got no food on the table. So we can analyze a situation and look at a situation and think, that shouldn't be the case. How come the guy got into debt? He shouldn't have got into debt. But the reality was this was a desperate situation. And I believe that as a church, when we can meet a need, we ought to meet a need. I believe as an individual, when I see somebody who needs a friend or some encouragement or some practical help or whatever, if it's in my power to do that, I should not walk on the other side. We should be involved in people's lives. And this is not a church that we just meet in a four walls once a week and just let the world kind of whiz by past us. No, we want to be actively involved in communities. And he's a bad situation with this widow who was a desperate situation. And Elisha comes along and he asks her two questions. He said, what do, he's basically asking, how can I help? And she, and she said, well, it's obvious, it's obvious what you can do because I've got no money and these debts are going to mean that I'm going to lose my two sons. But you know, before God, God can help us, we need to acknowledge that we have a need of God's help. And sometimes we struggle along when we should really be just going straight to God and saying, God, I have this need. Please help me to get out of this situation. So she acknowledged the need. Elisha then says to her, well, what have you got in the house? And she said, well, actually, I've got nothing. There's nothing here except this little flask of olive oil. And, you know, it's wonderful that God can do with what our little. We may not have a whole lot. We might think, I'm limited in my abilities or my time or my talents or, or whatever. I might feel that like I'm limited in those respects. But if you give your little to God, now then watch what God can do with it. You present the little that you have and say, God, this is my time, a little bit of time or a little bit of ability or a, little, a small talent, whatever it might look like. But that's equivalent to your little flask of olive oil. In God's hands, our little little is enough. So we never overawed by the size of a problem. As a church, we often bite off more than we can chew because we believe that we serve a God whose resources are unlimited. We take on projects that are bigger than us and see what God can do to absolutely blow that even bigger than we ever imagined it could be because our little in God's hands is enough. So don't despise the little that you have because when you give it to God, God can use it in an incredible way. You just get a picture of this lady was absolutely desperate. There was almost kind of a a question in her mind as well. And she said, you know, my husband, he was one of the prophets. He was was in the school of the prophets. He he served you and he loved God. And now look what's happened to him. You know, sometimes we have those kind of conversations and think, well, God, how has this happened to me? Because I love you and I serve you and I'm trying to do my best, but I find myself in this situation. Don't run from God in those situations run into the arms of God in those situations and see what God can do again with your little, your impossible situation. Give God your little and see the transformation of the situation because of the power of God. God can give you more than enough double. Now, there'll be many of you in those kind of situations right now and I will not make 
light of that situation. But I can promise you, by faith, you run to God, you'll get the answer. You go to God with your little and see how God can multiply, double your little. Sometimes things happen that just don't seem right. It doesn't, it's not right that I'm in this situation or that's happened to me. Well, don't have the big discussion with God and probably all of us have kind of come close or done that at some time. Run to God for the answer. God, I need, I acknowledge my need and I'm going to give you what I have and let's see what you can do with that. Elisha's questions. It's wonderful, you know, when we acknowledge a need, we are, we're beginning to be helped. It's when we're in denial that we don't get anywhere. But when we say, God, I have messed up. God, I, I do need your help. And God can flow into that in an incredible, wonderful way. She asked for help and she received double. It's incredible that she not only was able to pay off her debts because of the miracle, she had enough for her and her two sons to live on. Just imagine that. The local shops, the supermarkets who used to stock olive oil, it wasn't worth them doing that anymore because this lady had more than enough. And she was the principal supplier in that village. Wonderful. Wonderful because God gives double more than enough. Just by doing what she was told to do, she positioned herself for the need to be met. By doing what she was instructed, by following instructions, she was positioned for blessing. Is it that simple? I believe it is. Because to be obedient to God, to do what God's told us to do, that's when the blessing flows. Sometimes as Christians, you know, God's saying, hang on in there, stay in that situation, I'm going to bring delivery, I'm going to bring the miracle, but we're like a moving target, we're like running around like headless chickens, too many metaphors in one uh, sentence. We're, we're running around and, we, we say, and God's saying, stay where you are, stick with it. And I'm going to come through for you. Just be obedient. Just do what I've asked you to do. Gather some jars, lock the doors and start pouring. I could follow that, those instructions, right? Those are simple instructions. But you could analyze, well, hang on a minute, how's that going to work? How can that possibly work? A little flask of olive oil, loads of jars. Let's, let's, let's pray about it. What about locking the door? Well, that kind of speaks to me to say, right, I'm not going to have any distractions. I'm going to follow God. But sometimes we leave the door kind of open so we've got another option, another way out. No. Start pouring. Get some jars. Lock the door. Start pouring. And that's a simple instruction. And I just believe God's saying to us so strongly, well, why, why don't you just keep doing what, what I've told you to do? And so as a church, we have vision for this area, for this county, for beyond that in some of the things we've heard about this morning. Yes, let's just keep doing what God's told us to do. Let's re-pioneer these things and see what God can do. Let's recommit ourselves to really reaching out into communities and make a difference and see what God's doing. Let's hold our position. Let's not get bored and try something else or somewhere else. Let's hold our position. I was watching the rugby, um, some of the rugby yesterday afternoon. And, you know, in the scrum, I played a bit of rugby when I was at school. Um, it's a long time ago. There are people here who know more about rugby than me. But this me, I understand that when you're in the scrum, you know where you're supposed to be and you stay there. 
In football, when you're defending a corner, you've been told what to do to defend the corner. Have you seen on, on a film when they say, right, let's form a human chain? I've always wanted to say that in some situation. Let's form a human chain. And, you know, there's a fire and they've got, like, buckets and, and stuff. And there's, like, this roll of, roll of people and the buckets pass from one to another. Just, if that person pulls out of there, it breaks down. And I just think, you know, in all situations that we're in, in serving God, if we're forming that human chain, if, if, if we're defending that corner, if we're in that scrum, hold your position for goodness sake. Don't just leave it to your life group leader or your, the, the host of the life group leader to show up every week. You come every week that you can. You play your part. You fetch a pack of biscuits. Whatever it looks like, play your part. Let's play our part in what God's called us to do. If, if you're on road to for, 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 for a welcome team, you're on road for kids, whatever, yeah, don't, don't, don't get out of it. Be there. Be the pillars. Be the people that we're building with. Not, not the sort of coming and going kind of thing. Hold your position. And whatever your, your situation that you might be facing, a big challenge in life, God says... Keep doing what you're doing. I was in, uh, Trish and I were in, were in uh, Australia, and I was, pre- I was praying uh, one morning. I was reading my Bible, and I was praying, and, and I just was really impressed. I really had something on my heart to say to a person. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm 10,000 miles away here. I'm sending this message. When's he going to get it? What's he going to do with it? And so on. So, but I just sent this text message to this particular person, not somebody in the church, but I just really felt God impressed something on my heart to the guy. I saw him the other day and he said, Jeff, I can't tell you, I can't tell you how much I needed that message. I was just doing what I was told. And that message was, mate, keep doing what God's told you to do. How simple is that? But if we can follow those simple instructions and keep going with what God's called us to do, that's what God that's when the miracle happens, when we're obedient. Doing it our way, looking for a way out, thinking, overanalyzing stuff, trying to make it work in another way, just having a plan B, thinking, well, if this doesn't work, that's okay. No, let's be all out for God, for double. Absolutely sold out 100% for God. In life, when you're working with other people, in serving God in church and that, don't be the missing link. We've discovered the missing link. Don't let that be you. Don't disappear. Be here. Be involved. Committed to what you're doing. So her obedience positioned her for blessing. She was available. So God's always looking. Principal things that God is looking from us, obviously, is to love Him, but it's to be obedient to Him and be available for Him. And we can actually do something about that. There was a time, perhaps, when you were an empty jar that needed to be filled. But if you're full of the things of God, don't just be there getting, getting fat and slow. Start pouring. Start pouring. You know, you've got pouring vessels and empty vessels. Yes, we receive, but we've got to start pouring. We've got to, as a church, we've got to be on the lookout for empty vessels, Broken people, as I've said, and, and people who are needing God. We've got to be looking for these kind of people and bring them in. Because, you know, what happened here was the oil ran out when the 
ran out of empty jars. It was not the, the supply that ran out. It was the ability, the capacity to receive that were, ran out. And I'm daft enough to believe that if we can keep reaching out and reaching out to more people, God's supply is unlimited and God can fill person after person after person with his goodness. And you included sat here this morning. God can fill you to overflowing. We just need to be in position. We just need to be obedient and available when God's blessed us the rest of our lives, we just keep pouring. We're just pouring out. And as you pour, God, God fills you again. That was a little jar of olive oil. That, that would still be pouring today if it had more vessels. It would. Absolutely convinced because the Bible says it stopped when they ran out of vessels. So let's not waste any time. Let's go into the everywhere we can and try to reach people to bring them into the goodness of God and receive more from God. They've ran out when the vessels ran out. The principle is here. God's provision is absolutely unlimited. But very often we live like God's in some way restricted. We live like, you know, and sometimes that God there just isn't quite enough to go round, either God is unwilling or unable to meet the need. Either God is unwilling or unable to fill us to overflowing. That's got that back to front, guys. God's resources are unlimited. We just to get in position to be obedient, to be available, to receive from God. And I just want us all to be full to the fullness of God. I want you all to have a double chair of the goodness of God in your life. The number of jars gathered was an indication of their faith. That's what it was. Could they have got more jars? I guess they probably could, but this was a limit to, of their faith. And we've got to beware of limiting God's, what God can do by our lack of faith. I love the scripture in uh, Ephesians 3.20. Speaking of God, it says, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. So there's the key. God's able to do immeasurably more, according to his power. That same power, that double share, that double portion that lives in me and you as a child of the king, my rightful inheritance, your rightful inheritance, according to that power, God is able to do immeasurably more. Message Bible puts it like this. God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Beautiful. Can, the faith, can our faith rise in the house this morning? Can we believe bigger? Can we believe double? Can we believe for not just, just about enough? Can we believe for more than enough? Can we increase our capacity to receive more from God? Can we kind of can we open up and say, God, I'm just going to be obedient to what you want me to do. But faith is the key. What can we believe for? What do we have the capacity to receive? Those things are the key. So how do you go about, what do you do with this scripture? What do you do with this teaching? How do we do something with what God's given to us? Simple steps, just very briefly, as this widow did. First of all, when we're in need, we have to ask for help. 
Don't be a hero sorting it out yourself. There are people here in, in, in relationship, in your, in your life group, in, in friends in church, and that can actually get alongside you, support you, pray for you, stand with you, be with you at that hospital appointment, be with you when you, there's a potential of bad news, be with you in that family situation, pray for you, stand with you, get alongside you. That's, th- these, this is a kind of community, the family that we have here at Life Church, people who care about each other. But go to God, ask God for help. Acknowledge that you have Acknowledge that you have something. It might not be a lot, but that little can go a long way. And then follow instructions. You know, that's our faith step. We think we've got to do something, kind of come up with something wild and, and, and original that no one's ever heard of and no one's ever done. And, you know, most of life is just simply following what God's told us to do. It's just that simple step by step by step. Many times we can't see the end or the answer but if we keep walking according to what God's saying to us, according to his word, according to the witness in our spirit, if we keep walking, walking, walking forward, we will get to that direction. As I said last week, it's not a decision, but the direction that we take that gets us to the destination. Follow instructions. That's exactly what you did. They gathered the jars. Another thing we need to do is shut the door. Shut the door. She had to shut the door to any negative voices that were going to tell her that this little scheme wasn't going to work. Just like Elisha did last week when we looked in chapter 2, when we saw Elisha kept hearing the the other prophets everywhere he went, all these four different places he went to. Don't you know your servant's going to be taken from, your, your master's going to be taken from you today? Just negative, negative stuff. Shut the door to the negative voices. Don't list them. Don't give them house room, if you like. Silence those negative voices and then just hang on. Don't hang on to what God's given you. She received this oil, but it wasn't for storing. It was for selling to provide. And I just think that's a picture of what we have to do with what God gives us. When we receive something from God, it's not for hoarding. It's for giving away. When I, if I've got a talent or an ability or some, or some time or some resources, if I can use that to help somebody else, that's how it's supposed to be. Because it's, it's in the pouring that there is the blessing. The blessing's not in the storing or the hoarding. The blessing's in the pouring, in the giving out. Beautifully displayed to us this morning from George and Shahid going to Pakistan and to be a blessing. There's no go, what's the point in going to be a burden? No, go and be a blessing. And, and all that we're doing and seeking to help, that's a blessing to that place. The blessing's in the pouring. The miracle comes in the pouring. If she just looked at that, at that little jar of olive oil and said, I don't I use that. If I pour that out, I'll have nothing at all. No, the miracle was in the pouring. In the pouring, in the pouring. It didn't suddenly expand in the jar, but the miracle came by pouring. And I just think the miracle comes in the pouring. When we do what we can, God does what only he could ever do. And when we witness, when we tell people about the love of God and we tell people how magnificent they are in the eyes of God and how God desperately cares about them and loves them and wants, them draw, wants to draw them into relationship with him. You cannot convince anybody, and I can't, but the Holy Spirit of God can just bless people into that relationship with him.
I was reading a story about a, a preacher called Bayless Connolly, and recently he's had a, a terrible accident which he's recovering from. But his history is that he was a drug user in his, his teens and in his early 20s. And just very simply, he's now leading a big church. He's now leading a, a, a big movement, a big Christian organization. The point I'm trying to get is, at his lowest point as a drug user, a 12-year-old young lad told him in the best way he possibly can about Jesus. And from that, he came to faith. And look what God's done with it now. Now, what have you got? We've only got a 12-year-old lad. Oh, we've no chance. No, because with what we, if we use what we've got, God can do the rest. And I just want to encourage you to say your story is priceless. What God's done for you is absolutely awesome. It's the best story ever told. And you think, well, mine's not as spectacular as some people's. Oh, it is. It is because you come into a relationship with God. You've been rewarded by seeking God. God's flowing your life. And, you know, if you've not received much from God and you, you feel kind of empty, you, you know, just, just be a funnel. Just, re- just receive. It's like an inverted uh, mole, isn't it? Be a funnel. Just receive from God. But when you receive, don't just get full. Start pouring. And I just want to encourage us all to be porous, to give of what God has done for us. The musicians come back. If you're empty this morning, this is the right place for you to be, to receive from God. Absolutely. And if you're getting filled with the fullness of God, if double portion is your living reality, well, for goodness sake, if you haven't already started, get pouring. Get pouring and bless somebody else with what God has done for you. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.